0: Welcome, guys, to the James Gang Bible Study. Our teacher this evening is Josh Snodgrass. Yay, Josh!
1: I'm your
0: biggest fan. He's a man who loves the Lord. He loves good preaching. He loves the Word of God. He is the lead support tech at PDX, a company that serves pharmacies across the nation. He is a person that's hungry to know God, and he's taught himself Hebrew and loves to talk about the scriptures, so I know we are going to be fed tonight. He's married to Crystal and has two wonderful sons, Orion and Isaiah, and he's very involved in children's ministry here, and his hobbies include music and composing as well as writing and producing songs of all styles. He can play the Irish whistle and has acquired the skill of circular breathing when playing the didgeridoo. So he's one of the most unique people I know. And so I am excited about tonight. So, Josh, before we turn it to you, I'd just like to pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather together as brothers. We ask you, Lord, to open our hearts to hear what you'd have to say to us, Lord. Feed us, Lord, with bread from heaven, we pray. And Lord, use Josh mightily. Feed him, Lord, even while he's feeding us. In yeah. Jesus' name. Amen. Can we just Amen. give another Amen. hand for
2: Josh Snoddy? Man. So, um i I I actually was telling Greg this prior to, to coming in here that that uh sometimes it's funny how you'll hear someone or someone will preach the message that you planned on preaching or or use the scripture that you planned on and, and actually Alan just um prayed the same prayer that I was gonna pray and and I still will pray and that that's um that uh that my prayer is I'm gonna learn as much as you guys do tonight. Um, um I one of the things that about me, I don't I don't I, well, if you know me, you know I like to talk. And um it's normally not easy to to get me to stop talking. I have seen many people start to nod off. So I that's happened a lot. So it just happens whenever you talk a lot. But um I, I love I love to have an interactive teaching and one of the things I want to do tonight, uh, I I'm, I'm wanting participation from you guys and I'm going to kind of force the participation at the beginning. So um, I actually have two things that I want to do with you guys just to make sure that you guys are going to participate with me. The first one, I'm almost positive that you guys can do, all right? In fact, most of you will probably join in with me within probably the first two words, all right? And, And it's just It's just something I like to do. I'm not gonna watch you, so if you wanna do the all, all eyes closed, all, uh, uh, heads bowed, you can. But I'm gonna go ahead and start and then you guys join me, okay? So, Oh, praise the one who paid my debt with Jesus' blood and righteousness. Oh, praise the one who paid my debt with Jesus' blood and righteousness. That I could sit down right now because that's um that is the essence of what I'm what what I've been given to teach tonight. Um, and and I think that ultimately I know we've been singing that. As kind of a, a tag on to another song that, that um, over the last several weeks we've been singing that with uh, Come Thou Fount. Um, it, it's, it's just an awesome thing to sing. And if you're ever in a place where you forget the words to a song, just start singing that one because that's a pretty easy thing to remember. And it'll always, I've never had a time where I've started singing it and hadn't started bringing either, bringing me joy or started bringing me peace. Now, the next piece, this is the part that I've been waiting all day to see how this will turn out. And you guys can judge me later, or give me mercy later, however that works. But um, what I'd like you guys to do, I'm going to pass these out. Pass these, out. Can you pass these around for me. And if you would, do me a favor, don't read ahead. Sorry, I need one too. Don't read ahead, but you'll probably get it right away. But again, I, w- I grew up Catholic. And uh, if you've ever been to a liturgical church, they have the responsive reading. So the, the priest will say something, and then the congregation will respond. And this is, this is goofy. This is meant to make you guys laugh. It's meant to bring some levity into the room. But it also, it just so happens that for some reason, this came to my mind last night while I was reading, and it, it, I read a lot more of the script, and it, and it just blew my mind at how, how this is the perfect picture of the world and the perfect picture of our enemy. So, I'm going to be Creasy, and you guys are going to be the karate class. So, whenever I read my part, you guys respond, okay? So, fear does not exist in this dojo, does it?
1: No, sense.
2: Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sense. Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, sense. We do not train to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. Here in the streets in competition, a man confronts you, he is the enemy, an enemy deserves no mercy. And then he says, what is your problem, Mr. Lawrence? And then later on, if you guys remember the kind of the very end of the movie where he says, sweep the leg, Johnny, and all that stuff. So he says to him, he says, Bobby, I want him out of commission. And then Bobby says, but Sensei, I can't beat this guy. I don't want him beat, but I'll be disqualified. Out of commission. What do we study here?
3: Guys, the, way way of the way of the, the, the fifth and what is that way?
2: Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Ever. I can't hear you. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, more mercy. So I read this, and in that middle part there, that's that's what I think of, not only with my walk, but I also think of this whenever we when we talk about Jesus. <laughs> Satan didn't just want to beat jesus he wanted him out of commission he wanted him he wanted him disqual he wanted to be disqualified he wanted us to be disqualified he wanted this thing to be at an end because he is a liar and he loves lies and that's what he wanted is to make jesus out to be a liar which was impossible but hey he gave it a try so (laughs) so again this this was this was meant to be goofy it was meant to kind of make you guys laugh to get you guys kind of participating but i also wanted to Say that, um, hallelujah, Jesus won. Hallelujah, Jesus did um, succeed over Satan. Hallelujah, Jesus did uh, win. And uh, uh, Satan was disqualified. Satan was put out of commission, truly put out of commission. And he really and truly in the end game has no effect. And God will have the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, all right. So my my sorry guys I do get <laughs> my uh my my verses this week are James uh, two verse 10, 1, uh, ten James two verses ten through thirteen and if you guys either want to turn there or I'll give you guys a second I might need more than a second okay um and what we're gonna do we're gonna I'm gonna kind of we're gonna kind of walk a little bit around the scriptures a little bit because this is just kind of how i teach uh, I've, I've always i 've always loved breaking verses down and and looking to see what else what else the word says about them. you know I, I want proof that that scripture means what it says and if, if I see it again, if, if I see it said somewhere else, that means God meant it and if I see it two or three times, God really really meant it, and I need to listen and so I always want to go and look and see what things said and one of the things that 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 I know is that um, God has a plan laid out, and and if any time you question a scripture, if there's something that comes to mind that makes you wonder what's going on, you can always go to other places and search the scripture. In fact, he said it again this Sunday. You use the scripture to verify the scripture. We don't need to go somewhere else to find out. This is the sole authority in our life, and this is where we go to find what we have. So except for Karate Kid, I'm going to stick with the Bible. (laughs) All right, so the first verse here is, for whoever keeps the law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. And this is the ESV version that I'm reading, that, that I have it from. Um, but in, in the New King James, I, I, I want to read at least this one verse in the New King James. It says, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So the reason why I want to do that is because I want to hover around that word accountable, the word guilty that in, in this other verse. And I want to kind of talk about um uh what that accountability is and some revelation that that that, that through some discussions that I've had with others, just some some great revelation of who really is accountable and, and what our level of accountability is. But one of the things that I saw in and just uh for, for Alan, it's not Hebrew that I studied, I studied Greek. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, In in the Greek, I'm going to kind of read it to you. It's going to sound goofy, but the the way this verse um, reads out in Greek, anyone who shall be keeping the whole law shall be tripping, yet once has become of all liable. And and this this word accountable, this word guilty, this word liable, actually speaks of being in or being in the hold of something. It's you're 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 trapped kinda of like a uh, in the tar pit, quicksand. You're you're you you're not just you're not just a part, you you haven't been grabbed. You're actually in it. It's become everything around you. You've become surrounded by it. And one of the things, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm I'm thinking about the way the enemy loves to attack me. And the way the enemy I'm 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 hoping I'm not the only one, but I'm actually hoping I am the only one. But but the enemy loves to attack me by telling me um, how bad I am, or how bad I've messed up, how how God's going to get me or judge me. Oh, well, you did good last month. <laughs> Guess you blew that one, didn't you? And always comes back to where my failures are. And And yes, there's some truth, but Satan is the father of lies, so if he needs to use the truth a little bit to lie to me, he will. And one of the things he does is he, Talks to me about my guilt and my liability and how stunk I am. But it's a lie. And this is something I, I did learn from speaking with a brother this, this this week. Jesus was accountable. Jesus was the one who actually took what I did. He didn't owe it. He didn't owe any of it. I owed it all. And he took all of it. And he was the one that was accountable for and took upon himself all of the sins that 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 we've committed and will commit, ever committed, in the future, past, however you want to look at it, he did that. And the perfect picture that I had this week was was uh Simeon, uh Simon of Cyrene. Whenever they're they're walking when Jesus is walking to the um he's walking to Calvary, Simon's there Not even, just watching, you know, seeing what's going on. I don't know anywhere else in the scripture that shows that he was a part of the the, the group or anything. He's sitting there watching. And he gets pulled out. And what does he do? He didn't carry Jesus' cross up the hill. He carried his own cross. And the thing that really blesses me is the fact that he carried it up the hill and Jesus took it back for him. Took it back from him. So he carried it, but Jesus still took it back from him. It. it was Simon's cross, not Jesus' cross. And he took that cross, and he got up on the cross, and he died up there. And Sim, Simon Simeon, Simon saw this, and I don't even know if the man knew anything about Jesus. I guarantee you he got a picture at that time. That was him. That was his, and that was mine. And the fact that Jesus took that accountability and took upon himself all of that, he, he basically helps us become absolved of the, the the payment or the required payment for this but here 's the one here 's where we come into um, into trouble is whenever we think that by being good or by by obeying the law that that somehow makes us righteous and we don 't see anywhere that tells us that um, by being good that, that we get it by by um, um, our righteous acts that we are somehow <clears throat> um, given you know, given any special amount of mercy. It doesn't show that. What I see is in um, Romans 3.19, it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. And so the fact that we know the law. That doesn't tell us how to be good. That tells us that we aren't good at all. It tells us from the very beginning, it, it, it's, it's like saying, jump over that house, and I'll give you a million dollars. You can't. It's impossible. In fact, it's not even like that. It's like, jump over the sun. <laughs> you know? it, 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 it's impossible to do it, and to even think that you have the ability, to even think that you could make an attempt It'd be funny to watch. It'd be funny to watch someone try to jump over the sun. But you know, it, it's it's kind of funny. But what is it? But what do we do? It, well, what do I do? I continue to think that I'm accountable for it, and I'm not. I can't be. I've already failed. I failed from the beginning, just like Jesus was slain from the beginning. I failed from the beginning, and He's the one knowing. That I couldn't keep it, and if I tried to keep it, like what the word says, it says I shall be tripping. And I like the word "shall" because "shall" means you have to. <laughs> so if you shall keep the law, you shall trip. And so, and that's people. That doesn't mean don't keep the law. That means don't think that that's where your righteousness comes from. In fact, Matthew five twenty, he says that for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds exceeds that of the Pharisees. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you see anybody that Jesus actually says is going to hell, he said they're going to hell. You know, he said their dad's the devil. You know, I mean, they're going to be with their father. You know, he may not have said, you're going to hell, but he did say, well, you're, you're going to go where your father is. And your father is a liar. Your father is the devil. And they didn't get mad at him when he said that. They just got mad when he said he was God. Well well, sorry, they got mad whenever he used bad grammar. So.
0: <laughs>
2: so, um there's also scripture. Uh first Corinthians eleven, twenty seven through thirty two says Now at first, please, I'm gonna <clears throat> this is one I'm actually gonna stop and if anybody has questions, I, I wanna work I wanna work this one. I wanna chew on this with you guys. Maybe we can kinda get one of them big long subway sandwiches and chew on it together. In fact, it talks about bread. This is 1 Corinthians 11, uh, uh, verse 27-32. It says, "...whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself, then, and so, um, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself." That is why many of you walk uh, many of you are weak and ill, and some of you have died. but if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. what? <laughs> but when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. that doesn't make sense. well, it does, but that doesn't make sense it's kind of like the whole paradox of law and mercy. Law and mercy doesn't make sense. How can you have law and mercy? If if you have a legal system and, and and you've had a crime committed against you and the judge has mercy on the criminal, I didn't get justice. So how does that work for me? How does that work out for the one who was who the crime was committed against. So law and mercy doesn't seem to work right. Unless you really start to understand, and which I'm going to get to kind of closer to the end of the message, but unless you start to understand who actually was sinned against and why the accountability of Christ actually is, why his accountability for our sin is is so important because ultimately he's the one that was sinned against, not not my wife or... Not my kids, not any of you guys, not the guy that I flipped off in traffic, not the guy that I stole the blue ball from when I was a little kid. I didn't sin against them, I sinned against God. Sorry. (laughs) Again, uh, here's a verse that we heard this weekend, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Well, I want to go back, sorry. Uh, I did say I'd stop. I heard this recently. I don't know who said it, and Greg, I'll ask you if you can kind of Help me out here, but I heard someone say recently that that this eating and drinking of the cup, and where he says that people are ill, uh, are becoming ill and sick among you. This is one of those things where I've I've kind of questioned it, questioned it in the past. But it, it, I guess the question I have for you guys is, is how do we, how do we how do we see that in the light of, of judgment? You know, is this is this judgment that's causing the illness, or is it is it? And this is actually a question. If anybody can answer, I'm I'm happy to listen. But is this is this a judgment that you're getting sick because you don't believe uh, and you take of the cup, or is this that you are partaking of something you know of death? Like if you're a little kid and you take, if you get drunk, it's going to probably hurt you real bad. You guys have any thoughts on that?
1: So Bread in the cup was a symbol to remind you that Jesus died for your sins. So that way, whatever you said, I mean, just because He died for your sins does not give you an excuse to sin. But, I mean, we're human, you know, and He tells you, you're going to mess up. You're never going to be perfect. So, whenever whenever I come to church every day, I like to do Holy Communion because it reminds me that I'm not alone. That. Somebody, somebody took my blame hmm. I like it. I know that it says that, that,
2: that we eat of and drink judgment on ourselves but what I like to what I see here is that if we are if we judged ourselves truly we would not be judged.
1: you know gives um, yeah, in your own eyes
2: you're perfect that's actually that's actually the way of the world. but if we judge ourselves truly, what is the truth? that you're unrighteous, you're right? You're, you're worse than dirt. You are filthy, and there's nothing good about you. And, and I know this sounds bad to hear it. In fact, I, this actually encourages me when I hear that. I don't know why, but but I'm glad that I, I have a grasp on that. And that's the judgment that I have. And the good news is that I don't have to judge myself because I'm not the judge. All I have to do is proclaim what's already been proclaimed over me, and that is that I need a savior. But when we are judged by the Lord, and this is where it doesn't make sense. It does make sense, but it, this is where it kind of works in with law and mercy. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. I think that one of the things the world really doesn't grasp is what judgment really is. You know, um, I think I was arguing last week with some of the ladies about the word prejudice. And how I actually I like to use the word prejudice a lot because it's it's a um, it it it's it's a it's an honest word about judging a situation. But I also know it stirs up trouble when I use. it. <laughs> so I, I like to say you know if someone looks like they're going to rob me, I'm going to judge that they're probably going to do so, and I'm probably not going to have my wallet sitting on my leg. <laughs> you know, so it's that is prejudice in the in the true the, in the true sense of it because it's jud it's a prejudge and 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 but in this sense what judgment's talking about here is the word uh, crino that talks about actually being the judge jury and the executioner so we're we are actually judged as already being guilty and we don't have we don't have a case we can't argue our case we've already been judged it's already done and the good news is the execution's already taking place too so um uh, we'll move on to Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 14 and 15, which is, uh, this is actually what was, uh, one of the things that was, um, taught by our brother this weekend. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Um I, I look at, I look at the world and the way, if you listen to atheists, I, I, am I'm, I'm drawn to atheists. I love listening to them talk. It, I know it, it's weird, but I like listening to them talk because they love to comfort themselves with the fact that there's nothing when they die. Because they really want that to be true. And they really are afraid of dying because if if they're wrong, they know that, they, that there's more to it. The thing is that everybody knows there's more to this. There's too much evidence out there for there not to be more to this. But I like listening to them, and it's not a mockery that I like listening to them. I don't like listening to them because <laughs> stupid person. No, in the past it was. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, in the past I did, but I've uh, my heart gets broken a lot more now. But um, listening to these guys, they really are afraid, but they don't have to be. And, and I, this, this scripture says it all, that, that they're delivered from the slavery of being afraid of dying. And if you're already judged and you're already executed, what do you have to be afraid of? <laughs> you, know? um, you have to be afraid of the lies that you believe, and that's all that's left. So, um, uh I'm Go ahead and move on past this one. So the next verse is uh, <laughs> James, uh, it's still James 2, verse, uh, uh, James 2, verse 11 now. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit, start over. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. I don't know why anybody was ever confused about that, how anybody could think that, well, all I've done is committed adultery. I don't see how anybody could ever feel that way. But um, what that brings me back to is, um, it is a, a teaching style that I don't like at all. I, I don't like this, this style, and forgive me. I'm not. I'm not even going to go into why I don't like. It. I'm just going to say I don't like this style at all. And and I do ask your forgiveness if if, um, if 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 this this hits anything wrong. But I don't like the preaching where you start out with, "Have you ever told a lie?" You know, I don't. I don't like that because we already have an accuser. I don't need to go around accusing people. I want to let the gay person at work know that Jesus doesn't hate you like everybody else tries to say he does. The church tells you that Jesus hates you. It's not what he said. He doesn't hate you. He just knows that what we do is going to kill us. It's going to really hurt us in the end. So he doesn't hate you. But what I do know is that the woman at the well experienced the, the best kind of, of evangelism, where Jesus didn't question her filthiness. He didn't question why she was in the situation. He didn't question why she was getting a sunburn at noon getting water instead of in the cool of the day or in the morning. He wasn't questioning that. He just wanted some water and he asked her for some water and he explained to her that he has water that's even better. He explained to her that the life she's lived does suck. Sorry for the word, but it does. It's terrible, but he has a better way out. In fact, he even told her The way the Jews worship, they worship a God they know that that you don't know, but soon you will know, and that we're all going to worship him as our father. And he explained this stuff to her, and she got happy about it. And he didn't call her out and say how filthy she was, but he did. He did remind her. He said, go call your husband. And um, she said, I don't don't have a husband. He said, yeah, I know you most most preachers, yeah, because you have five and you're living with one right now. I don't think he said that. I think he probably said it quietly so nobody would hear him. Just just me, because I, I Jesus isn't an accuser; he's a forgiver and a merciful God. I think he told her. I think he said it in the way of I know, you know, I, you know. I know what's happening, and. um you You don't have a husband right now, you've had five and you're living you know you're living with a man you're not married to right now and we don't know what happened to those other guys. they may have kicked her out because she did not a cook. They may have died. we don't know what happened. We also don't know what happened to the the woman in um in um, um, John eight you know uh we don't know what was really the truth, but one of the things that broke me open was when. I started to think about the fact, there's two scenarios here that I started to think about. That she was like the woman at the well, and she was living with a man that she was not married to because her other husband put her out and did not give her a bill of divorce. For whatever reason, who knows? She was forgiven for whatever her sins were anyway, but we don't know what it was. But she could have been living with the man who in his heart took mercy on her, and forgave her, but what did they know? They knew where she was, and it was her that they were saying, well, because he's married to her, you've caused her to commit adultery, so she's an adulteress. How do we know that that's not They, I find it hard to believe that they walked up and found her there. So there's that scenario. It could have been a prostitute. That's what everybody jumps to. But what about the other scenario of, okay, maybe she was an adulteress, and maybe they knew where she was because they'd all been with her too. And, you know, I know other people who preach this, but where was the dude? Where was the guy they caught her with? And that's where it leads me to think that I think she was being taken care of by a man. And this is another situation, just like at the well, where Jesus has compassion on somebody. Maybe when he was writing in the dirt, he was writing down the men who signed the, the, or gave the guy permission to put his wife away. Who knows? I don't know what it is, but I do know that God didn't judge her either. And I guarantee you that she was saved more than most of the people in that crowd that day. And it was because she knew she was filthy at that moment when she was about to get stoned. She knew she was about to die, and she knew she needed a savior. She also knew that it didn't matter if she committed adultery or murder or not. She needed a savior. And that she at that time, if those men who had murder in their heart had killed her, they both would be guilty anyway. If they didn't have that one who was standing in the middle of them, they both would have enjoyed that or actually suffered that same punishment. So we can say, well, I haven't done this or I haven't done that. We can say, well, um, I read the King James Version 1611 only, so I'm holier than you. I um, I uh, uh, I've only been with one woman my whole life. I've never stolen anything or anything else. Uh, But in our prayer meetings, I gossip all the time. Well, all I know is that the scripture says that if you gossip, that's one of the things God says he hates. He says he, he mentions abortion and gossip. And the same thing of things that he hates. He didn't even mention homosexuality in that scripture where he says he hates that thing. And if there's something I've been guilty of, it's my tongue going out there and lashing things. So if I've been guilty of that one thing, I'm a murderer and an adulterer too. And I'm, I'm worthy of sin. So what does this scripture tell me? It tells me the same thing the verse before tells me, that I'm, you know, I'm accountable. Ultimately, he's accountable. Before I move forward, any questions? I... I have a comment.
1: Um, I have a comment too. Um, I I tell people all the time that we have we have prison and we have jail mm-hmm. on Earth. You know, whatever whatever you do, something whether it's kill or steal something from the candy shop,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know it, it it has a weight on it. But whenever you come face to face with the Lord, a sin is a sin. Maybe. Yeah. There's no certain weight. <clears throat> it all goes to the same place. You suffer the same fate. I tell everybody, I go. That's the reason why you need a savior, you know. Because, like I said, in, in the Bible, he tells you, "You can try all you want, you'll never be perfect." You know? I think the, the context here is talking about
0: partiality. Mm-hmm. Verse nine: If you show partiality, you commit sin, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. And then he goes into, if you want to keep the law, and you offend one point. You're guilty of the whole thing. Oh, wow. So uh, keeping these guys from getting sidetracked by defending their sin is not as bad as somebody else's. No, your sin's bad. It's not right. good. You need a Savior. And that's what's the beautiful part of Christianity is accepting responsibility for your sin. You're as guilty as the next person, and you need a Savior. Because of that, there is no reason to show, no, no defendable reason really, to, to intentionally show partiality. Right. To someone that you don't deem as worthy as you, exactly. And I have a How do you do that?
2: So what? Repent. Okay, um, repent? Here, here's, I love the word repent, um, and I also like the the fact that people get it wrong because I like to talk about it. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. If anybody wants to jump in, um, <clears throat> um, repentance doesn't mean to say I'm sorry, because can't be sorry enough, and it doesn't always mean anything anyway. But repentance is a 180, not 360. It's a 180 <laughs> turn. It's
1: <'Cause>
2: a 360. <laughs> I've been hearing that word there again. all day. But a repentance is to turn around. To turn it's it's to, it's basically to turn your back on. You can repent against God if you think about it. One of the things I like to say, and this is a a, a picture I like to, to tell people. It may not be completely factual, but I love it. I always say that God's throne has casters on it. And that whenever I sin, that he, because I have Jesus, he'll kind of hook a line on my belt. And as far as I run away, I may not think he's there, but he's following me the whole time. And then when I'm ready to turn around, whenever turn around and go back to him, which is repentance, when I'm ready to turn around... I don't have to walk the 500 miles that I ran away from him. I turn, whoa, hey, he's right there. And that's one of the great things about God, and that's why. Um, but I know it's repent. You see that in the, the parable of the, that he's waiting, and he sees him, and he runs. I don't Make it back to get back over here. Look at it, no, no, mm-hmm. it, it, that, it's you. Yep.
1: That's <clears throat> in the Old Testament. Before three times in the Old Testament, God says that you sin. you your until
4: you can show. Oh.
2: Here's a here's a word. Come, let us return to the Lord. For He has torn, but He will heal us. He has stricken, but He will bind us up. After two days He will revive us. On the third day He will raise us up, that we may live in His sight. And let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established in the morning. He will come to us like the rain. So, Hosea 6, 1. Sorry. Thank you, dude. You made
1: me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: So, and and this actually, Alan, um, thank you for that, the the context, because I was trying to avoid saying anything about partiality, but I even. <laughs> oh no, you're not that. <laughs> it was um, it. it uh, well, I'm not going to talk to you. I'll talk to everybody. <laughs> um, verse verse twelve. This is this is the verse that um, pretty much I've I've been thinking about the whole time. So I, I'm reading this, as, and it says, "So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law." Of Liberty, and I look at that and I you know the first thing I do is I go back to the to the verse in first Corinthians that, that you know that talks about if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged It says speak and act as those who are to be judged you already you already know that you've it's coming it's coming so act as one who's been judged but if you look at the word judge there it's not talking about speak and act as one of oh man. Crap, I'm, I'm in trouble. It's not saying that, because the word here, again, is this judge, jury, and executioner. Not as one who's about to be judged, but one who's already been convicted. You ever, you ever hear the, the phrase that says that the criminals that get caught are the ones that sleep the best in the prison cell that night? I bet you've heard. You know, the guys,
4: they're
2: sleeping, they're doing pretty good. You know They finally got caught. They don't have to run anymore. You know, they they know they've been caught. They're good to go. But, you know, if we will walk through life knowing that we've been redeemed, we've been forgiven, that it's already been taken care of, how much joy would you tell everybody, you know? How much would you, you know, let people know, why are you so happy? <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> I was going to hell, and now I'm not. <laughs> you know, well, what, what did you do wrong? Everything. I was born. <laughs> I was going to hell because my great 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 your and your great were cousins. <laughs> Way back then, he messed up. And guess what? It's not only because he messed up. Guess what? I did too. I'm, it's not just because of him. We can't blame Adam or Eve. People want to blame her, but you know, blame him. It's one man. So I see. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. And I looked that up. I was, the law of liberty. Okay, this this must be. I, and I'm looking at this because I want to be dumb again. I want to be. I I, I want to. I want the whole scripture to be new to me again. I want to act as if I've never read it. And then when I see something, it's whoa! And it's God's been doing it. So I'm I'm thankful. But and then I also get the benefit of remembering what I do know. But for some reason, every time I read, read scriptures lately, it's as if I've never read it. And there's some of the stuff I've memorized and as if i never read it before and and so i looked at the law of liberty and i go oh yeah yeah i know that and no i didn't i had no clue what it was in fact it doesn't show up it's it, the i was thinking oh okay there's there's probably a whole you know there's probably a chapter header somewhere back here called the law of liberty nope what i did find is jubilee which is what i believe he's talking about in fact This goes into what Alan said just a minute ago. I think that um, in Leviticus 25, I almost think that James was reading that when he was writing this. Because he talks about partiality. He talks about judgment. He talks about, hey, when your brother, you know, uh, your fellow Israelite, um, whenever he uh, messes up and loses his house, I want you to take care of him. And I don't want you to charge him interest. I don't want you to. I want you to take care of him. And you, hey, you, that guy that bought his house from him to help cover whatever, um, in about 50 years, you're going to give it back because it's mine. It's not his. It wasn't yours. It's mine. It's God's. It belonged to him, so you're going to give it back. All debts are going to be paid. Does this sound familiar? You know, all debt will be paid. Whatever you've owed... You don't owe. And, of course, in the human thing, well, I'm going to rack it up at the 49th year. (laughs) Who cares? You know, the good news is I could kill someone today, love Jesus, truly repent, and go to heaven tomorrow. It doesn't matter. Sin is sin, remember? I could kill someone tonight, or
1: I could gossip
2: tonight and die and go to hell. Um, but what i read here is, is, is um, in Leviticus, and, and you'll see Jubilee all over the place, and I'll challenge the guys that went to seminary and stuff. I don't... Pretend we, we don't know what you oh. mean when you say Jubilee. Jubilee um, is a law decreed by God that every 50 years, that uh, on the 50th year, so actually it's, it's 7 of 7. And, and if, you, if you here's some math, guys, um, the 8th day is an awesome day. Okay. Um numbers are pretty cool. I don't like getting into the whole numerology thing, but numbers are cool. The eighth day is better than the seventh day. Because the eighth day is the new day. It's the beginning day. It's the the next week. You know? So the eighth day is cool. And if you look at some of the, the some of the festivals, the eighth day is actually a required day to to worship God. Feast of Tabernacles. The eighth day is important. The fiftieth year is the eighth day. It's it's the it's the new the beginning of that news so you have 49 years seven times seven so you have your 49 years that what are you in you've gotten into who here's 50 years old or older you don't have to raise your hand because the phone won't see you but if you're older than 50 I bet you you guys have not made any mistakes no debt never messed up nothing never got a ticket nope 50 years is a long time some people don't live that long But in in the fiftieth year, when my dad sinned and lost all of the land that was owed that my family inherited, when Moses decreed from God's mouth what my family would get, when my dad was did whatever he did to lose that land in the fiftieth year, even though my dad died forty-eight years ago, my land again. It's not my land, but I get it back. I get that inheritance back. Not because it belonged to my dad or it belonged to his dad. It's because it belonged to It says it belongs to God. It says it's mine. It's his. Which leads me to where we're going to get to in a second. This all goes, this all goes to one thing, and it's the root. And we're going to get there in a minute. <clears throat> so, jubilee is when you get it back. So, you've, you've messed up in your life. Have you sinned enough to lose God's salvation? You haven't. And that's the great thing. Yes, I've, I'm a debtor. I've messed up. But my inheritance is still there because he decreed it. And because it's his, he can't lose what's his. It's his. You give it back. Now, I would encourage you, Leviticus 25 uh, uh, decrees a lot of things about it. In fact, in there, it, it's where it talks about the, the, treating your brother as a, an alien and a sojourner in the land. Um, um, Jubilee is 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 a year that, that that debts are paid. Like I said, it, it, that's that's actually what I want to hang on. I don't want to go into too much detail, but but Jubilee is where your debts are paid. It's where what you were accountable for, the one who owned it, paid it. So, um, <clears throat> so um, in fact, here's here's uh, verse twenty three says, "The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine." For you are strangers and sojourners with me. I like it. I like it. And in all the country you possess, you shall allow a redemption of the land. First Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Again, it's, a, it's, those, it's, it's those verses again that, that, I, that I was reading before um, where it says, But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So before we're talking about taking of the cup, drinking and eating of the cup, and receiving that judgment. But what about the remembrance of the, of the um, the sacrifice, the remembrance of the fact that we don't have to pay the debt, and the healing that we do get. You know, we can hang on that verse and think that that verse is telling us, oh, you, be- you better examine yourself and don't eat that thing. If we get into that attitude, we go right back to exactly what we were talking about here, where if you judge yourself on the minor little things constantly, the, the itemized judgment of yourself, you, you'll lose because that you're not the judge anyway, and you're prejudged as well, prejudiced again from God. So, verse 13, and then now I get to go into the good part. Well, the other stuff's good too. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Um, in the Greek, one of, I loved, I loved this, and this is actually something I was starting to tell Greg uh, earlier, but I I was I didn't want to give it away. <laughs> um, it, it in the Greek, it it kind of alludes to the fact that mercy mocks judgment. Well, you see here it says mercy triumphs over judgment, but in the Greek it says that um, that uh, is 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 boasting over judgment. In fact, it says it is down on boasting mercy of judgment. So it, it's 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 boasting over it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's good. The judgment is good, but the mercy is so much better. Here's here's. Here's the question that I, that I was asking myself all week and I actually had it in my mind that I was right and I am glad that I was wrong. And I know this parable and this is where I love when God shows me something I know. In fact, everybody knows this parable. But I love it. But my question was um, if you have, This is exactly... And I, I left it on here even though I believe it's wrong. Mercy should mean that judgment can no longer be considered. I'm wrong. It sounds right. It does. It sounds right to me. Judgment can still be considered. Now, the sin that I've committed in itself may not not be considered again. But from what I see, the scripture doesn't agree with my statement that mercy should mean that judgment can no longer be considered. And I'm glad that I was wrong because I would have been embarrassed when I got corrected. Um... But we go back to the parable of the unforgiving servant in Matthew eighteen. And this dude had you know ten thousand denarii, denarius. He had a lot of debt. And the king was calling here's that word again, his accounts. His account calling him that his accounts were due. And um, this guy basically fell on his knees and begged, Please have mercy on me please have mercy on me. Who's allowed to have mercy on him? Is the servant of the king allowed to have mercy on him? Is the bookkeeper of the king allowed to have mercy on him? No. The one he owes the debt to is the only one allowed to have mercy on him, right? The king. Now, the other guy you see in another parable somewhere else where the, you'll have that, that shrewd shrewd servant that kind of, hey, if you pay me this much, we'll kind of, you know. <laughs> you know? have yeah, that guy. but But this right here, Truly, the king is the one sinned against him. You know, even the shrewd servant, we sinned against the king. This is, a, this is a situation where this guy owed more than he had ever pay. He would never be able to pay. He would never be able to pay this off. And his sentence would be forever, basically, if you want to think life. And what did the king do? He forgave him. He forgave him everything. He didn't say, we're going to work out a payment plan. He didn't say, we're going to... Uh, you're going to give me all your land, but I'm going to forgive you. Because that's no, that would be him paying for. it. He forgave him, and it says it says, and out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant found his buddy that owed him twenty bucks, hundred bucks, how much ever else, the guy couldn't pay, and everybody knows the story. He just basically, started strangling. Him. You're going to give me my money now. And this is where this is where I have to say that that judgment can be considered again because when the king heard about it, he pulled him back and basically said you're going to pay everything forever and basically throw him in prison so now that's not me now going back and saying, well <laughs> better not mess up i'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that um, this is a I'm hoping I don't say this wrong and, and I'm actually about to close um, Who is, we've said it over and over, who's the one that was sinned against? The king. The king, right? The judge. Um, I'm going to tell you, this. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but um, I I come from a family uh, where my mom was murdered and my dad is in prison for it. And I have said this many, many, many times, that on the day that my mom died, I lost my mom, my dad, and my sister. You know, a lot of people don't think about the fact that, you know, my dad's the one that did it, but you know what? I still lost my dad. (laughs) You know, I'm a kid. I didn't know. I lost my mom, my dad, and my sister. So, in the world's way of thinking, and even in my way of thinking, probably until this last year, in my way of thinking, um, my dad sinned against me, my sister, my mom my whole family, but ultimately he didn't. He sinned against God because I, even though he had murdered, I have my sins too and have my part in the same place of the, of the punishment. But ultimately, he sinned against God. If there was any mercy for him here on earth, I, and I said this at the beginning, if there was any mercy for here, him here on earth, I would not be receiving any kind of justice. But in the end, the true justice is the fact that the enemy did not win and will not win because the family knows Jesus. The family has salvation. So ultimately, the only person who can give mercy is the judge, the king. Not really the judge as we see, the judge who actually has a judge over him and a judge over him, but truly the king, the one who was sinned against in the first place. And and here's my my closing statement, the part that I want to, Hopefully, I get it right. Um, I will only lend people the amount of money that I'm willing to lose. So, you know, people always say after I said, "What do you mean, can I borrow?" (laughs) You know, let's let's just say twenty bucks, fifty bucks, whatever. If I lose fifty bucks, I'm not going to like it, but I'm also not going to give to a friend of mine expecting payment because I'm going. I'm pretty much assuming that I'm not going to get paid back. Even if the friend's trustworthy, I want to go ahead and give, assuming I'm not going to get paid back, because then it's already prejudged. I've already prejudged that this is a forgiven debt. If he pays me back, great. I'm the, I, I'm I've, I've got good. I, I'm I'm good there. But I prejudge the fact that he's already forgiven. That's not the way it works with God. God, and, and I thought it did at first, that God gave me all of this stuff. That God that God gave me and expected a return. God gave it all. Period. He was owed the debt and he gave it all anyway. Be like the credit card company saying we're gonna go not it wouldn't be anything like this, but credit card company saying we're going to go bankrupt so that we can forgive all your debt. I mean that, that doesn't even make sense. But that God the one that every person on this earth sinned against. My dad did not sin against my mom. My dad did not sin against me. My dad sinned against God. And God said, I forgive you. And the problem is, the only way he could forgive him is by following his own judgment and following his own law. And that judgment says that something has to die. And the only thing that's perfect enough to cover it all is Jesus. And Jesus gave it up on his own from the beginning. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray and see what I have and then we can discuss. Yeah, so Father, I praise you for, for this. I, I praise you for um, <laughs> preaching and teaching. Um, I, I thank you, God, that, that you are, are righteous and you're the one that forgave me, that you pre-forgave me, you pre-judged me and saw that I was supposed to be holy because you are. So I thank you, God, that you're faithful when I'm not and faithful when we're not and that that um, that uh, we can come to know more of who you are and come to know more of what you want us to understand about the freedom that we truly have and that we can enjoy in jubilation the freedom and the restored inheritance that we have with you. And I praise you for it, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Josh, I think
0: reason sin is against God is, is he takes what we do personal and so uh, I would word it differently not to discount for yeah. any of your revelations the Lord gave you but I would say to kill your mom is a sin mm-hmm. against her and you and your sister and your family and even himself and God took that personally because uh, that was against his will God's heart was broken to see you you know, lose your whole family. And right. so uh, God has brought you to where you are now, and he brought you to the place of letting him be the offended party so you can be free. I like that better. You know, give the offense to God. And in the context here, I keep, I can't get away from the whole partiality thing. It is serious business mm-hmm. to play favorites and judge people by the basis of their, their poverty in this case or even of their... Uh, of any anything about them, you're not loving your neighbors yourself. And you can say, "Well, I haven't done this or this sin or done that sin." But in the eyes of God, you're guilty of it all. And everybody needs mercy. And if we don't show mer- mercy to those we don't think are worthy of it, we rip ourselves off. Right. And so the whole communion thing, eating and drinking. I think the King James Version says, "Damnation to yourself." Uh, people read that and say well i'm not right i'm 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 at odds with somebody, so I'm not going to partake of communion. It's as though they think the elements are poison, so if they partake of them if they don't partake of them, they're off the hook. No, you're not off the hook. <laughs> Communion's just a reminder yeah. that hey, you're getting ripped off of God's blessings, the blessing of him, you know if I'm at odds with my wife, my prayers are hindered, according to the Bible. So the blessing of unhindered prayer, the blessing of fellowship, the blessing of life, and even health. Uh, are, are not mine to partake of if I'm at odds with a brother and practicing injustice or partiality or whatever. But uh, man, thank you, man. You you were like a man pregnant with whale sperm. I mean, just, like, you know, just huge. How do you eat an elephant? I mean, it was just huge, just
3: this explosion inside you, it's so real.
0: I mean, I can tell it's so real inside you. It's coming out your pores. I'm, I'm blessed. I can see that perspective about
3: when David sinned. He said, when David sinned and he prayed to God, he, one of the perspectives of this, he said, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil. So, yeah, we sinned this person, that person, but we have to own up to each one individually.
4: Oh, I agree with you. Oh. Two things come to mind. One is the example you used of the king showing mercy and the guy going out not showing mercy. It screams the question to me: Is did he receive the mercy or did he just think that the debt was forgiven because he could not get he did not give mercy? So did he not receive it? Actually receive it? In his soul. It was just a dollar figure that got wiped off the books. Wow. Yeah, and then he just called back. Well, wow. yeah, he didn't recognize it. No, didn't wow. didn't I've never passed. Passed. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Because he up. couldn't give it away. And if you don't have Christ, you have a hard time giving it away. Yeah. Anyway. Because anyway. it's not there, it's vacant. The other thing that comes to mind is the, the deal of Joseph's uh, in Potiphar's house. And he didn't say, "No, I won't commit adultery with you." He said, "I will not sin against God," and ran. It had nothing to do with the sin against the household. It had everything to do with the sin against God, and that's where all the sin resides. Always, we just have a human perspective, being in a, a corporal body, get back, and we can't see the eternal. But that's where it always resides. Is there, mm-hmm. and that's where the mercy has to be. And under the law, there was no mercy. Under the law, the law was there, and it convicts people and shows you how guilty you are. There, there is no. The only mercy is at the cross mm-hmm. in the completed work of Christ in yeah. the resurrection. So that's what comes screaming out of me out of yeah, I think, tonight. I'm loving it. Well, I think the other point about about the, about
3: this. The sin part of what you were talking about, Joshua, is that we have to we have to remember that if um, if we take ownership or if we if we assign ownership or direction of sin to an individual, automatically you're going to get into that whole partiality thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, I still think, yeah, there is sin against the individual, but a, an individual can then take. Ownership of that and say, I have been sinned against. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. You know? And then you, then you begin to create this whole thing of partiality. And I think one of the things that James was, what he was doing is he's obviously writing to the, the scattered tribes. Mm-hmm. Now, here are the, 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 the folks that were the owners of the law and they're being sent against, and this is a hard thing for them mm-hmm. to experience. Wow, huh. You know, so James is addressing some of that
2: in this letter, I think. I guess there's that the victim, the victim mentality. Those that are victims right. are probably less likely to to uh, to judge themselves as doing exactly something right. Wrong. Woe is me!
3: I am a victim, forgetting everything that I have right. done. You, that's what' I'm, that's the point right and and the other thing is is that you know I think the law of liberty um, I think you hit on something that a really good relationship with the with the jubilee and being set free and I also think that there is a connection with the the standard that Jesus set that law of liberty is that. Jesus new
2: standard I know. you brought up, James you brought up David and um i've i don't i never say this in the aspect of um like a prideful thing, but I always like to equate myself with david um uh the bad part <laughs> you know? but the one thing that that I would love that that and and this is actually something that's that i believe. That is being birthed finally in me is this. This I, I believe that when David repented, he walked away free.
1: Amen.
2: I, I really do. I mean, the Scripture over and over and over, and it's and it's. I I have a I have a favorite scripture that I basically. I don't think anybody else has the scripture as their favorite scripture because it's just. It's a weird one, you know, and, and it might be because I take it out of context. But but it it, it says, as for me, I will see your face and righteousness. I'll be satisfied when I awaken your likeness. Maybe other people have that, but it's um it's in Psalm 17, and here you got you have a guy that's that's you know basically just talking about everybody beating him and 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 tearing him up, and 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 uh um, you know he's got his enemies all around him and 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 everything and and. But he 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 says this, and when I look at it, this is just the way I look at it. Is that um, I I thought of of a a a man that rolls over and sees his wife, and you know, in the morning, and 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 is delighted to see her and i And I know people there's people that'll get mad if you say you kiss Jesus and all that stuff, but um whenever I was reading that the very first time I was in my I was driving the truck at the time and I was laying there, and I began to smile about how awesome w- it would be to die and roll over and hey Jesus yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know if if you know me, I'm weird. I just, why you're driving the truck? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, no, I sit in the back. But if you know me, well, I, I probably did that. I mean, I used to tell God, God, prove to me you're real. Have an angel show up in the seat right next to me. And i open my eyes and go, wait, no!
4: Cause I'll probably wet. It'll
2: scare the crap out of me. You know? <laughs> so, I I talk to kids about Braden Jesus's toe hair. So I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm weird because it, it, there's symbolism in Braden's toe hair because I'm in his feet. But but the idea that that you you know the fact that when we die, the sweetness of what's on the other side is great. I just need to get a grasp that I can have that sweetness now, but. But it's there, and 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 if you think about it, again going back to the, the marriage bed, you know, there there may have been something sweet before you went to bed, and you wake up back to your. <laughs> but you, you, but you, you saying that,
4: remember being. A Christian, you're in the bride of Christ, so you're going to get to be in that bed. Right, 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 right. You will turn over and wake up, and he will be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. you ain't so weird. <laughs> a little ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Does anybody have any questions, Josh?
1: That's the part I actually like. I will later.
2: <laughs> no, no, go ahead now. Go ahead. I'll tell you. I'm going to tell you, dude. Um, it's, it's, I have learned more by asking the dumbest questions in the world. I have learned more. There's people in this room that know some of those questions, but I learn a lot
1: whenever I ask something and I'm wrong. Uh, I love
2: being wrong, so that's, feel that's, free man.
1: That's the thing. Earlier whenever you first started you said it was okay to ask questions I don't, know, I don't need to answer it. <laughs> I'm give it. But some, sometimes I don't I don't know the questions that I need to ask sometimes. Like I know I got questions because I want to know it all. <laughs> I want to know it all, and I don't know
0: it all. Okay. But um, as soon as I get questions, I will answer I ask, you know. Heard the story of the of the uh, hippie that was out on the street. Heard the preacher say Jesus is the answer, and hippie said, Hey, dude, what's the question? <laughs>